my friends, welcome to week three of season six of Be Formed, where we're covering morality, freedom, and virtue, the life in Christ. Um, my name is Father Burke Masters, and I'm the pastor here at St. Isaac Jogues Church in Hinsdale, Illinois. So let's begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we give you thanks and praise for all your gifts. We thank you for the gift of our lives. We thank you for the gift of your goodness, truth, and beauty. Illumine our intellect to know what is good. Strengthen our will to choose what is good so that we can come to you, our vocation to beatitude, our vocation to union with you, Lord. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The topic this week is the morality of human acts, but a, a little review of what we've covered the first two weeks with uh, Father Stephen Borello. Father Steve has talked about the two faculties that human beings have, our intellect and our will. And our intellect is what leads us to what is good, and our will is what chooses the good, um, the, the good, the true, and the beautiful. But through the fall, Father Steve talked about the original sin, our as St. Thomas Aquinas said, our, our intellect was darkened and our will was weakened. And so we still have freedom and we need to seek God's grace in order to choose the good, to know the good and to choose it so we can go toward our, our ultimate beatitude, which is happiness with God. And you think about that throughout every day, we have many decisions to make. The question is, one moment at a time, will this decision bring me closer to God or further away from God, because closer to God will lead me to true happiness. And we discern, is this from the devil, the world, or the flesh? Is this from God, or is it simply from myself? And choosing the good, the true, and the beautiful leads us closer to our vocation of beatitude through happiness with God. So question is, what am I doing to form my intellect and strengthen my will. And that's part of what we're doing here in, in Be Formed, our ways to help us be formed in the, you know, we're, we're, we're made in the image and likeness of Christ, and our whole life is becoming more and more uh, like Christ, and that comes with his grace. And so through the sacraments, scripture, and prayer, developing virtues or good habits, uh, good habits will lead to other good habits. That's why we have the commitment card. Bad habits or vices will lead to other bad habits. And so they say it takes about 90 days to form really good habits. So that's why we have the commitment card to, to start to form these habits one at a time to become more like Christ. And so let's look at this in Catechism of the Catholic Church. We're going to be looking at paragraph 1749 to 1761. It's called The Morality of Human Acts. So some of this will be learning vocabulary, but it's really to give us a structure on, okay, how do, how do we know if something is a good moral act or not? So in, in paragraph 1749, it says, freedom makes man a moral subject. So in our decisions, we are free, and with that freedom comes responsibility. So uh, it's easy for us to, today to say, well, I, I don't have any responsibility for that action. Well, you do. Um, you may not be as culpable uh, based on certain 
criteria, and we're going to talk about that today. Um, so when a man acts deliberately, uh, he is the father of his acts. In other words, when I choose something, it's coming from me, and I need to be responsible for those acts. And this is how the church defines a human act. Acts that are f- freely chosen in what the intellect presents as good, and the will moves to do it. And these actions can be morally evaluated. So there is, we believe, an objective truth. There is an objective good. We can't just say, well, um, your good is your good and my good is my good. No, that we believe that there is an objective good that can be judged as morally good or morally evil. Remember, our vocation is to union with God, and we should judge all of our actions based on, is this leading me? closer to God, the Beatitudes, or is it leading me further away? So what are the sources of morality? The, the morality of a human act depends on three things, and this is going to be the crux of what we're going to cover this week. The three things are the object, the intention, and the circumstances. So to think about this when you're making decisions, what is the object So this is the action. This is the what. What are my intentions? This is the why. Why why am I doing what I'm doing? And then the third thing are the circumstances. The where, when, how, with whom, and the consequences. Um, So these three things, object, intention, and circumstances, make up the sources of morality of human acts. And uh, you'll, you'll hear this repeated throughout this so that we start to get a framework when we're making decisions. You know, I, I'm a math and science guy, so I like, I like structure. And so if I'm trying to make a decision, I'm going to think, okay, what is my action? What's the what? What are my intentions? Why am I doing it? And what are the circumstances, the, the where, when, how, with whom, and the consequences of what I'm going to do? So let's begin with the, the object. The church says that the morality of the human act depends primarily and fundamentally on the object rationally chosen by the deliberate will. In layman's terms, what you do, the action, is the most important uh, feature in in determining whether something's morally good or evil. It's not the only one, but it depends primarily and fundamentally on what we do. So this is the action that we consider good or worthwhile. So as we're using our intellect and we're thinking about what we're going to do, uh, this what that we're going to do, that's the human act. Uh, this is that something that I'm going to choose with my will. This is the object. I may think it's good when it maybe in reality isn't. And so that's why we have to, we'll, we'll talk more about, you know, forming our, our intellect and strengthening our will. Um, and to, and to think about this, is this object, is this action that I'm going to do capable or not of being ordered to God? So if our ultimate goal as human beings who are made in the image and likeness of God is to grow closer to God, is what I'm about to do going to lead me in that direction? God alone is good and thus brings about the perfection of the person. So God is leading us to perfection. And if we choose something that's not of God, we're going to be going against um, natural law, and we're going to be going against our, our very nature. 
So our intellect is constantly working, trying to determine if something is good or not for us based on what we know about what God wants for us. Uh, and that our will is what moves us toward choosing that perceived good. So this is what makes up the human act. Um, and there are objective norms of morality that we talked about uh, that determine whether something is good or evil. A simple example, if my neighbor has had an affair with my wife, and then I mean to kill this person in retribution, objectively, the object, the action, the killing of someone is always wrong. I may think intelligently, using my intellect, that this is a good thing because this person has really radically changed my life. But killing is never a morally uh, good action. So the object is the what. The second thing is your intention. This is the why. This is the end. This is what I'm hoping will happen as a result of this, uh, this action. Um, what's the purpose of what I'm about to do? And so this intention is the movement of the will toward what my intellect is telling me that this is, this is a good. This is going to move me closer to God. Um, again, I may think it's good may not always be. So here's an example. Um, I can do something to help my neighbor. That is the, the object. That is the action. That's the what. And, and I can also be doing it. My intention is to grow closer to God. And so my intention is uh, I want to go grow closer to my vocation in, uh, in beatitude. And so there's multiple... Uh, intentions going into this action just to be be nice but also to become uh, closer to God and so there can be multiple intentions involved in the same action the moral act um, for example I can serve someone and my intention could be so that I can obtain a favor or I can boast about what I've done those intentions you know are, are not good intentions which makes the act, not good. So um, there's a very common and important saying in morality that the, the end does not justify the means. So, um, and I'll get into that here in a minute. So a good intention cannot make an intrinsically disordered behavior good. So if, uh, so for example, that, that example of, of killing my neighbor who's had an affair with my wife, I may think that this is a good, uh, I'm protecting my family or whatever, but uh, the object of killing another person is always wrong. So a, a good intention, even though I don't think that's a good intention, uh, does not make that act morally good. Um, so the end does not justify the means. Uh, so I can't lie or steal or kill in order to get something ultimately that's good. The end does not justify uh, uh, bad intentions along the way. St. Thomas Aquinas says this, an evil action cannot be justified by reference to a good intention. So, uh, so that's why the, the object and the intention both need to be good. The what and the why have to match up as, as both being good. 
On the other hand, a good act, like giving a donation, uh, and that's, this is going to be the Lectio Divina for this week from Matthew 6, verses 1 to 4. Um, if I'm giving a donation in order to get attention, uh, and, or it's for my own vainglory, uh, those intentions are bad. It's a good act to, to give the money, but it's bad to want it, you know, to do it for, um, for attention. So Jesus says, your right hand should not know what your left hand is doing, so give without expecting anything in return, so that your action, your object, your act is good, and your intention is to freely give that donation without expecting anything in return. So we have object, or the action, the what. We have the intention, or the why. They need to match up. And then the third uh, criteria are circumstances including the consequences. These are secondary elements of the moral act. So these are not the most important. So what's going to make a moral act good or evil are the object, excuse me, the object and the intention. Now, if an act is good, the consequences will either make the, the act more good or less good. If the object is evil, the consequences will make it more or less evil. I'll, I'll talk about what that means. Um, so, for example, if I steal a million dollars from a bank, you know, the stealing objectively is, is evil. What, no matter what my intentions were, <laughs> it's an evil act. And the fact that I stole a million dollars is going to be more serious than if I stole a dollar from my child's piggy bank. Both stealing, both objectively wrong, but the, the level of wrongness, if you will, is based on the circumstance or the consequence of the action. Um, murder, in this sense. Murder is always wrong. No matter what your intention is, murder is wrong. But if you murder somebody who has broken into your house to protect your family, that may mitigate the culpability and the seriousness of the act. So, for example... If someone were put on trial uh, for murder, but they're protecting their family, they will probably most likely get off the murder case and their culpability, moral culpability is lessened as well. But if I murder somebody with the intention to kill them, to cause them harm, and uh, I did it with my own free will without any mitigating circumstances, then that's going to be a more serious uh, condition. Let's look at uh, uh, good and evil acts. So a morally good act requires three things. The combination of the goodness of the object, the good intention, and good circumstances. That constitutes a good moral act. An evil end uh, corrupts the action even if the object is good. So let's say I do, I try to do something good, uh, but the, the circumstances, the consequences are bad, then it, it can, uh, you know, maybe, maybe the intention makes it bad, the consequences make it uh, bad as well. For example, I, I could pray and fast, which is, it's, it's a good thing. My, my intentions uh, uh, may not be good though. Maybe I'm I'm praying and fasting so other people see me. You know, Jesus says when you, when you fast, 
don't put on a sad face so everybody sees you. You know, wash your face and act like nothing is going on. So that's why he's he's getting into the level of intention. Why am I doing what I'm doing? I could be doing a good thing with bad intention, which doesn't which makes this uh, a bad act. The object of the choice can make an act bad in its entirety. So, for example, uh, the church believes in these objective, objectively moral evil acts. Fornication uh, is an example of that. Um, it's a disorder of the will. I may, I may even think, you know, if somebody's being tempted in the area of sexuality with another person, um, we can be duped into thinking this is a good thing. But at the level of the will, you know, this is always an objectively evil act. This is not going to lead me closer to God, no matter how much uh, I try to justify uh, uh, what's happening here. We cannot judge the morality of a human act by considering only the intention that inspires the act or the circumstances. The object is, is so important. So, for example, here's a few categories of objectively morally evil acts blasphemy so saying things against god if our ultimate goal is union with god the beatitude then blaspheming against god is never good uh, perjury lying under oath never good we've talked about murder which would include euthanasia which would include uh, abortion remember the end does not justify the means these acts are, are always murder. Capital punishment. Uh, you know, the church says uh, that the only case of capital punishment that would be allowed is if there's no other way of protecting society from this person. And in this modern culture, most modern cultures, we have jails that we can protect people. So uh, that's why the church believes in the, the beauty of the church's teaching is the dignity of every human being from conception to natural death. We're going to protect that life, uh, and we believe that anything that takes that life um, unnaturally, that God isn't the, the, the source of their, their death, uh, in the sense of a natural death, then it's a morally evil act. And then sexuality, the area of adultery, always wrong, fornication. The church has beautiful teachings around sexuality that's between a man and a woman, uh, in the sacrament of holy matrimony. That's the place where the sexual act is morally good. Outside of uh, the sacrament of marriage, any sexual act between a man and a woman, between two women, two men, uh, a person and animals, whatever you're going to talk about, uh, they're, they're morally and objectively evil. And so I know this can be controversial in today's world, um, but these things, we can't change uh, divine or natural law. The only uh, sexual acts that will lead us closer to God is within the sacrament of holy matrimony. I know that may cause a lot of questions, and, and uh, uh, so pray about that. Think about why, uh, why did God set it up this way? It's all leading us back to beatitude. It's all leading us. You know, I remember C.S. Lewis saying that sin always leads to misery. It may lead to a few minutes of pleasure, but it always ultimately leads to misery. Virtue, choosing the right thing, which is what we're trying to talk about here, 
always leads to joy. One may not do evil so that a good result from it. Um, so the end, again, end does not justify the means. So in review here, uh, three, three parts of a moral act, the object, the what, the action, the intention, the why, what is, what is the end that I'm, I'm hoping for here, and then the circumstances, the when, where, how, with whom, and the consequences. All of these things need to be leading us closer to God for it to be a good moral act. Let's think about that before we act. A few announcements. Um, we need a volunteer to help with, you know, we have the common Zoom call uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We need a volunteer to help on Wednesday nights. If you're available between 5.45 and 9 p.m. or any portion of that, uh, please contact Katie at beformed2020 at gmail.com. Beformed2020 at gmail.com. I want to encourage you to do the Lexio Divina. Again, it's Matthew 6, 1 to 4. Uh, and it's that, you know, about giving alms and doing it for the right reasons. So good act, hopefully good intention and good uh, circumstances, good consequences, all leading to that good moral act. Next week, we're going to be talking about the morality of the passions. And the passions are not, don't just include um, our sexuality, but it's all of the, our, our appetite, uh, those, those desires that we have for uh, the pleasures of this world, how do, we, how do we look at the morality of our passions? I think that'll be a very interesting topic as well. Don't forget to check in with your prayer partner on a regular basis. Look at your commitment card. All of these things are, are trying to help us be formed, forming our intellect, strengthening our will, becoming the men and women that God has called us and created us to be. And so let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the gift of your Son, Jesus. We thank you for the church. We thank you for teaching us right from wrong, for giving us an intellect and a will, for helping us to see the object, the intention, and the circumstances of our acts so that we may, one moment at a time, one decision at a time, grow closer to you. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a blessed week, everyone. Buen camino to all of you, and God bless you.